Welcome everyone to another episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'm your host, Sean Hall, Director of Programming with the Veterans Breakfast Club. We're a nonprofit in Western PA whose mission is to create communities of listening around veterans and their stories to connect, educate, heal, and inspire. And today's program is focused on the Office of Veterans Programs at the University Park at Penn State University in the central part of Pennsylvania. Some of you may be looking into how to use your GI Bill and where to go to use that. There are a lot of programs and, and universities across the country. Our, we're focusing in on Penn State specifically today. Huge campus here in central PA. You may have heard of them before, um, but we have representatives from the Office of Veterans Programs here to talk about programs that they offer, the resources that are available available to veterans there on campus. Um, it's, it's really, as they say, holistic and comprehensive. There are a lot of resources there that are provided for free uh, for veterans. Um, but I'm really excited by this conversation and I'd like to have more universities on to talk about what programs that they offer, the students that are uh, currently going there, the way that they help veterans transition into civilian life, how they are helping them translate their military skills into civilian uh, speak <laughs> as we get into. Um, but if you uh, are here watching the Scuttlebutt for the first time, uh, you can check out all of our previous episodes on YouTube, or you can download any of the previous episodes uh, in audio format across podcast platforms. Please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube so you're the first to know when we release new episodes. Um, thank you for watching. Hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hi. Thank you for having me. I'm Choma Cordefour. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps for five years, right out of high school up until about uh, the beginning of 2020. I was a uh, ground maintenance electronic technician. So I worked with um, mostly green gear radios and cryptographics. And I spent most of my time kind of in uh, Japan and the East Asia area before I came over to the States. Um, I started going to school while I was in and that's how I ended up at Penn State because I started one of my degrees while I was still um, in and I did the online program and then when I got out I moved up to Penn State and that's when I found the veterans office and I worked there as a uh, VA work study student in the um, outreach office so when people email in or ask questions about GI benefits or what it's like being a veteran student on campus I answer those emails and talk to those students. Nice uh, and Renee welcome to the scuttlebutt thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm Renee Thornton Roop. I'm the senior director of the Office of Veterans Programs here at Penn State. Um, an Air Force veteran. I was active duty from 91 to 95. Shoma, don't don't look. No. <laughs> and uh, in the reserves from 95 to 98. Um, uh, Army brat, and my husband retired in 2013. So I've kind of been the the kid, the the uh, service member, the veteran, and the the spouse. So. Um, Came here in 2010 with my husband who was stationed at the ROTC detachment on campus. Uh, got a job as a veterans counselor and then have been with the office ever since. Nice. And Elisa, thank you so much for coming on the program. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Um, so I am also an Air Force veteran. I'm, I'm still actively serving. I've been in for 16 years. Um, started out in 2006 commissioned through University Park actually. I went through ROTC here at Penn State um, and served four years active duty out of Washington State, um, then switched over to the reserve side, was working um, out of Youngstown, Ohio for about um, 11 years, um, and then just recently actually switched over to the Pennsylvania Air National Guard. So I've kind of experienced um, all the different facets of the Air Force at this point. Um, 
I am a logistics readiness officer um, with the Air Force. And so they call us the jack of all trades because we get into um, logistics, kind of gets into everything. So um, it's been a great experience so far. I'm planning on at least doing my 20 years um, to retire. Well, you're, yeah, you got four left, so why not? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm too far in at this point. Right. <laughs> um, and so I have, once I switched um, off of active duty into reserve, I started working at Penn State. Um, I came back to the area to be close to family. Um, got a position here at the office as a veterans counselor in 20, uh, 2012. <laughs> Had to think about that for a minute. Um, and have been here ever since. So I'm a uh, veterans counselor and VA certifying official. Um, you know, we I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more, but working with students as they transition off of um, active duty into the um, academic world, um, mm -hmm. just helping them with that transition. Um, and then the certification piece with the VA is just making sure that the GI Bill benefits are in place for students to utilize, um, because obviously having that money um, to pay for their school and to pay for their housing and all of their needs um, is the foundation and, and helps them feel assured that they can study. That's great. And I'm furiously writing notes because there's so much there that we got to dive into. Uh, but first, let's let's talk a bit uh, about why you decided to join. I'm a civilian myself uh, for my audience. I, I never served. I have a passion for veteran stories and why people enlist and, and what they get out of their military service. Uh, Renee, I, 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 I'm going to pinpoint maybe that you were a military brat, so you kind of had it in your family. Um, so is that sort of the reason why you went in? Yeah, that and... Uh... You know, I, um, it was a way to get out of Dodge at the time. I, I grew up in a very rural community, um, not a lot going on, wasn't ready for college, um, wanted to, to get out and see the world. And so I actually uh, enlisted at 17, had my mom sign for me to get in and uh, was stationed in Las Vegas for my first active duty station. So uh, yeah, it was like, wow. Um, it was, it was great, actually. So, yeah, it was just a really good way for me to kind of grow up a little bit, get out of there, experience the world. You know, we have a lot of veterans who join us through our, our parent company, the Veterans Breakfast Club. And uh, I always hear like, you know, someone will say, oh, yeah, I was stationed in Hawaii. And everybody's like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Is there ever like a little bit, just a little bit of jealousy of just like, I wish I was stationed there or I wish I had been stationed in Germany. Like that was that was probably a pretty sweet gig, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would love to have gone to Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not that Vegas was bad, but yeah, um, Hawaii would be ideal. It's true. Um, Chioma, uh, why did you decide to enlist? I also come from a town that um, kind of has like a cyclical life in it. Everyone mm. goes to high school, then they all work and live two doors down from their parents. And it's just, it just over and over and over. And I was like, I cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also couldn't afford to go to school. And um, so I needed to look for different avenues. So I also enlisted when I was 17 and my parents signed me away and that was uh why I needed to get out of Arkansas like every, no one knows anything about Arkansas it's a very sad place to be but yeah I just wanted to get out and go go see other places and serve why marines though um they told me I couldn't do it and that was the whole like the recruiter was straight up like nah and I was like <laughs> bet 
Which, when I look back on it, like what a great recruiting scheme. Like you're going to get people that are going to work really hard because you told mm -hmm. them they can't do it like straight up to their face. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I see what y'all did. Y'all got me. <laughs> you know, and, and there's, there's that sort of recruiting element of it. And, and uh, you know, I referenced BBC a lot because we, we hold a lot of in-person programs. We hold a lot of online programs with veterans. Um, but we've had a lot of women, female veterans that come on. And, and a question that we always ask is, when was the first time you were told you couldn't? And how did you respond to that? Uh, if yours was in the recruiting office, uh, Elisa, did you ever experience that whenever you enlisted? You know what? Not that I recall. Um, I don't know if it was just if I just didn't listen. <laughs> to be honest, um, I you know my um, I I did grow up as a military dependent, so my dad was a career Air Force officer, mm -hmm. and so I feel like maybe he encouraged it enough that I don't know. The thought never crossed my mind that I couldn't do it. So mm -hmm. that's great. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of experience, a lot of years of experience within the military here in this Zoom room. Um, how did you all come together at PSU? It's, it seems like it's a really great program. It's part of the reason we're doing the, the scuttlebutt here today on, on the Office of, of Veterans Programs. Uh, what, what is it about that, that office that, that sort of brings veterans together and really starts to help support them through their educational journey? I don't know, Chioma, as a student, do you want to... Do you want to take that one? Sure. Um, when I first uh, got here, I knew nobody or anything. And I was older than a lot of kids in my class. And I just like was really struggling to like kind of find a place where I belong. And I needed to go to the office to do my GI benefits. And then I saw this amazing office they have set up for us with a lounge and study rooms and they have computers now and people just kind of congregate there and they're like-minded individuals and you're able to just kind of be yourself whether you want to talk about your service or not they're just people who like kind of already understand where you're coming from and it makes it easier to kind of like seamlessly fall into um, a university that is so large so there's just so many people here that you can really feel like you're drowning a lot of the time and having this office be able to help you with not just your gi benefits but like finding housing like i didn't have a place to live when i came here and people were able to like suggest um places to live i found my best friend in this office and she's graduated and i still talk to her every single day and she was the one who actually introduced me to working here in this office which i've been doing for the past two years and I really enjoy it and being able to help um, being able to play the part of the person who walked me through it now I get to do that for other veterans and I just I, I really enjoy working at the office. That sounds very ROTC Elisa like you know we've, we've had our OTC members come onto the scuttle but you know they sort of uh, become a community um, and you've sort of continued that that thread through your Penn State time um mm -hmm. does that has that how you've seen this office grow yeah yeah absolutely for me um coming into the office to work I um coming off of active duty military I really was missing that camaraderie that you get in the military and um and I, I did a stint as an academic advisor here at, at Penn State but I just wasn't it just wasn't the same right mm -hmm. so um when this job opened up um, I was really fortunate to be able to come on board and, and join this, rejoin the community and have that connection in my civilian life, you know, in, in addition to the military. 
um, side of things. I, I mean, I'm sure having talked to a lot of people in the military, you know that that, that uh, camaraderie and that, you know, a second family or first family for anybody that doesn't, you know, have a good home environment. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's what the military is all about. So we try uh, to foster that here at the office for sure. Renee, what would, what is the mission of, of the Office of Veteran Programs? Well, I can read it to you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think ultimately it's it's exactly what uh, Chioma and Elisa are alluding to, right? So we want to be able to, to have students come here. We want to provide that opportunity for them to, to have our office as ultimately um, not a, a one-stop shop, but kind of a first-stop shop. We want them to be able to come here, feel safe, you know, have that opportunity to kind of orient and then be able, like, ultimately we see a lot of them initially, and then we want them to successfully kind of integrate into the university environment, find their passion, you know, find other folks to join up with, and then, you know, graduate and live successful civilian lives. I mean, that's our mission. And so, we um, take a very holistic approach to working with veterans. You know, yes, they come in ultimately for GI Bill. That's, you know, the bread and butter of the operation, but we want to be here to assist them with all of the um, challenges or successes or questions. Um, and, and so our approach is, is quite holistic. Um, you know, with the, with the mission ultimately just being success. We want the vets here to, to feel a sense of belonging. We want them to be successful in all of their endeavors and we want to help them pave the way to get what they need. How many veterans are currently uh, at Penn State? So while well, between veterans and, and military affiliated students, we're just under 800 uh, at University okay. Park. Um, and then of course, Penn State has, you know, a multitude of campuses. So throughout all of the campuses, we're at almost 5,000. Wow. Um, so that's a very large group of people who have very different needs per person. How do you uh, create space for everybody's needs within the office? So I think that is, um, where the work studies come in and do tremendous work. So like folks in Shioma's role where she does peer counseling and outreach for folks who uh, are being admitted and have questions. Um, Elisa oversees a program of what we call the student sponsor program. It's a peer mentor program. And we call it sponsor because when you're in the military and you go from base to base, you're assigned a sponsor when you arrive who's supposed to show you the ropes, right? So um, we have peer mentors. So they're helping students who are coming in that are first years just to navigate the space and the campus. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's a real leap for students to, to come in and sit down with the administrative office. Uh, you know, it's much better to have folks who are out there in the weeds with them saying, hey, I am doing this, you can do this too. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, you know, um, strategic placement of our students, uh, their willingness to help us. And then obviously uh, the folks that work here um, have, uh, like walked the talk, right? So all of us have kind of been through this. We've used GI Bill or gone to school and had that military affiliation as well. Um, we also have a social worker and a rehab counselor that work here. I mean, so we try to just cover every base. Any student who comes in with any issue, if we can't help you, we're referring you to who can, but ultimately um, we have kind of a wide birth of, of knowledge and, and experience as well. So we're, we're trying to hit everybody at all levels. 
we've very much learned that there is a particular language uh, if you're coming out of the military or in the military. And it's good to have a veteran to be able to talk to because uh, we've seen how that can help to, you know, create ease within a room um, to be able to talk the talk. Um, Chioma, why and how did you become a peer? So like how I started working as a VA study student? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I started using the veterans uh, lounge initially because I needed to be away from people so that I could like study was <laughs> really what I, I needed some place that was just for us because there's again there's like 40,000 students on this campus so every like public study area is jammed packed with people and I can't focus with all of that around me and so having this these different study rooms and places um, and so I met um, a girl uh, here uh, and her name was Rachel and she was already a work-study student and she kind of was talking me through what was going on beyond the like financial aspect of it but also being able to work with other students and um, I when I had emailed in the past she had been the person responding to me and now I'm meeting her in person and I really liked that dynamic and so um, I applied and I uh, fortunately was offered um, a position and now I get to do that for other students. You mentioned uh, the, the counselor aspect of, of the office. Uh, what does that entail and, and who do you bring in to sort of work that in? Yeah, so for counseling, we're not clinical counselors by any means. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're referring out for students if they have, uh, you know, more clinical needs. But I'd like to say that we kind of do general counseling. So uh, when we bring in folks, um, really, it, you know, again, there are two of us that have kind of counseling and rehab counseling backgrounds, but ultimately it's folks who have kind of been there who can demonstrate uh, the effective rapport building with these students, folks that students feel um, comfortable coming to and, and sharing um, information with. And so it's not necessarily... Um, you know, having a formal background, but just knowing uh, a person who has had that experience perhaps in the military mentoring and, and counseling troops uh, or who has uh, done so, uh, you know, as a civilian um, with that kind of specific background. Um, yeah, I don't know, does that answer your question? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's um, because we're talking to people from like the vet center, the VA, the people who go to for counseling. You know, I, I found that the very interesting aspect of of the Office of Veteran Programs. So I kind of wanted sort of more of an idea of what is offered if someone were to come in and say, "Hey, I really want to talk to somebody." You know, how you know what is the process that that goes through? They go through with that. Yeah, you know, so typically folks will come in. Um, I like to say we kind of backdoor people sometimes because they'll come in and they'll talk about, you know, well, hey, I need to, you know, get this done for GI Bill. And then it's like, mm -hmm. so, you know, how's it going? And, and that used to kind of start that process. And mm -hmm. recently we actually got a facility dog. His name is Podrick. He's not in my office because he likes to groan a little bit. But uh, so Podrick is a good conversation starter too. And so, um, you know, they'll come in, they'll pet the dog, we're chatting and, you know, hey, so what's going on? You know, um, where are you living? And, and so we kind of open the door to these other conversations, build rapport. And I think that, you know, in and of itself is huge. Uh, and then mm. once folks are comfortable or once they're sufficiently distracted by belly rubs with Podrick, um, <laughs> you know, then you kind of start just spilling, right? And, and folks will start talking about, you know, oh, well, I have this class, it's, you know, really difficult or, you know, I'm experiencing X, Y, and Z. Um, and, and even if it's something, um, 
you know, that they're not fully invested in sharing. Maybe they are really, you know, going through some, some difficulties. At least we get to a point where it's like, you know what, I have these resources and, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you think? And yeah, okay, I could, I could do that. So we're, we're building these bridges of communication with these folks and, and creating opportunities for trust and, um, you know, and that's just as important, I think, as, you know, doing the actual counseling sometimes. So. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, add on to that as like the peer aspect of it. I think Mm -hmm. um, people in my position and who are um, the sponsors, we just kind of, part of our job is just kind of hanging out at the lounge Mm -hmm. or um, in the study areas or whatnot. And people talk to us and when they talk to us, they don't see us as that like authority figure, as that person who's certifying my like course credits or doing any kind of thing like that. So I feel like they open up a lot more. And then we kind of just talk about how like, hey, we are you experiencing similar things? Or, hey, the VA clinic here um, in State College is really good. Or here's a number for the, the guy who runs the counseling for Center County or CAPS program at Penn State. Like there's all these different um, options that are available that seems more casual when it mm. comes, I think, from a peer. <laughs> so I think um, it may be easier sometimes for the students to be like, hey, that's something that applies to me. And if you're doing it, I can do it too. Kim, you know, you said you mentioned that you came to PSU, you were sort of older than everybody. You know, I, I hadn't thought about that in sort of a transition aspect that you're anybody coming out of the military is going to be older than anybody that's going straight into college. Uh, is that is that sort of its own culture shock in a way? Uh, I'm sure it's very, uh, very different language, obviously, we, we, we've been saying yeah. that everybody's speaking. Yeah, for, for sure, especially the students who are coming in as like true freshmen and mm-hmm. have to take like freshman level, entry level courses, because all the other students in those courses are 18, 19 years old. And while I am, I'm by no means old, I'm only 25, but they're, you know, I'm, I am older than those students and we don't have a lot of shared life experience. So it makes it hard to connect, um, which is something that Penn State tries to foster with a lot of group type activities and assignments and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I hear it from other veterans all the time from people who did one enlistment, served five years, so they're about my age, to we have veteran students that did their full 20 and are full adults with children and families and jobs. And they often um, discuss how hard it is to relate to the uh, traditional high school to university path um, student. So it's another area in which we can kind of bridge, bridge that gap. You took the words right out of my mouth, and at least I wanted to ask you about that, sort of this idea of bridging military-civilian divide. The scuttlebutt mm-hmm. is really set up to understand military culture. Um, you know, there was uh, not a veteran office, from what I remember, at my university, um, but I'm sure there might have been. And are there programs or, or opportunities for the, the regular student civilian that comes in to understand more about what's going on with veterans and, and military uh, through the Office of Veteran Programs? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I don't know that we have anything kind of in place yet. I think we have all these grand ideas um, of, of things we could do in the future. Um, and obviously that's something that would be a great um, program to get into place. Um, I'd say, you know, we have at Penn State, we have military appreciation events every year. Um, it's typically a week to a month worth of events. And I think that that can be a really good um, eye opener for civilians. Um, those events can range from like having a panel of veterans mm. um, at the university speaking about their experiences 
to um, the, the football game um, where our veterans can get tickets for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that game, they highlight veteran service and, um, and that sort of thing. Um, and so it kind of um, can expose uh, just the this, this civilians in the area to that military um, culture, that military mindset. Um, I don't know, Renee, am I, am I thinking of, or is there anything I'm missing? Yeah, I think, no, I think you're right on. So we've, we've kind of undergone a, a shift in leadership during COVID. So I took this rollover, like right in the heart of COVID. And, and so we're, we're kind of um, in the middle of, of some shifts with that. But yeah, one of the things that we're working on, so I don't know if you've heard of green zone training, but it's basically like a military, um, uh, kind of like a military culture training for staff and faculty who aren't necessarily familiar with, you know, the culture and with serving that um, the students. So there are programs uh, similar to that in place, uh, which uh, there's a, another veterans office under the office of the president at Penn State who they kind of do like the 40,000 foot view of everything and their office yeah. is kind of implementing that. Uh, we're reaching out to uh, veterans uh, who are employees at Penn State to kind of use them as folks who are out there in the in the weeds and in the field uh, to familiarize and be veteran, uh, you know, allies basically in their locations for students. Um, and then with the facility dog, um, we actually just got Podrick back in February, but we we just had a meeting yesterday um, with some some folks who do, we have a lot of puppy raisers here on campus and a lot mm-hmm. of opportunities for like promoting awareness with the facility dog and service animals on top of the work they're doing with veterans. And so we're, we decided yesterday, we're kind of going to tag team on that. And that's going to help promote awareness of, of both opportunities on campus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dogs are, are great ways of kind of, you know, making they, connections. So I feel like that's going to be a good opportunity for, for us to, to bridge that gap as well. I was just thinking as Renee was um, talking and Chioma kind of talked about this and how um, our students that are integrated in the classroom, I mean, they're really exposing the traditional age student civilian to uh, the military culture as well. You know, we've had conversations with students who maybe um, approached a topic uh, in a different, with a different mindset, or maybe there was a little bit of uh, tension there. Um, and we've, we've had those conversations with our, our military students um, about this being an opportunity for them to also help those students that haven't been exposed to uh, the military or, or different, um, experiences in life, you know, mm-hmm. um, see things in a different light and different perspective. So I think just having our um, student veterans out in the population um, here on campus, taking courses with traditional age students has um, a big effect on that as well. Oh, I'm sure. So much of it is about education and communication and, and a general sort of understanding. Um, you know, we, uh, we always try to, as, as civilians, myself, our executive director, Todd, uh, who's also just you know, a civilian, not a veteran, um, kind of didn't understand how to talk to veterans at the beginning. When I first got this job, I was very much like, uh, what, what, what questions do I ask? You know, and, and, and you do go a couple of the interviews and you're like, oh, that's not, that's not very much different than talking to anybody. We're going to talk to you about the passions of your life and your job. Um, and sort of going back to that a touch, uh, you know, there's a bit of service as well. You go into the, so you went, you, like Chioma, you mentioned getting out of Dodge, you know, uh, Renee, getting out of, you know, getting away from your, your sort of hometown and getting out, seeing the world. Um, but there's a bit of service in that as well. Uh, how, how do you see that continuing in your life in the transition from service 
to even to serving more veterans at Penn State? I think uh, that being in the military, you're already like you enlisted with a service kind of mind. Like the people that uh, decide to do that, because it's not a draft, like you, this is no longer something that's forced to be done. Like you entirely volunteered to do that. So somewhere in you, you have a passion to serve others. And I think you're going to continue to do that in whatever sphere you end up at. And mm -hmm. I think part of the reason that um, I do this now is because I wanted to find a way that I could still impact that amount of change or be able to serve my community regardless of what it is. My degree path um, now is allowing me to do that even in the future when I move past Penn State to also, again, continue to serve. Because I think that's just whether you're in the military or you're a civilian, wherever you are, I think that service mindset doesn't really leave you. And so you're going to seek out opportunities to serve. So I feel like all of us probably sought this out for that reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would just add, um, I, I agree with Chioma. I think that a part of my drive being here is that, um, you know, I got out of the military and went to college at a time where there wasn't a lot of support for veterans. I had a really tough transition. Um, it was a really difficult identity shift for me. Um, and so I, you know, while my story certainly isn't anybody else's, um, and I don't want to put that on anybody, I just felt like if I could, you know, help individuals feel more prepared, less uh, afraid, less, um, I don't know, uh, insecure, maybe, you know, it's, it's a tough leap when you go from, you know, working in the military and being in a leadership position to then coming and being surrounded by students who are, are um, much younger and, and much more adept at academics, you know, it, it feels, it's very difficult and, and there's definitely a gap there, but, um, you know, having those opportunities to, to help others kind of see how they can build upon their strengths from the military and how that feeds into their academic lives, transitioning that practice into uh, kind of theory academically. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, a part of my personal mission, I guess, and something that I've always had a passion for. Um, and, you know, now being able to, to do that every day is, you know, pretty amazing. So, so I'm a, I'm a veteran, I'm looking for, uh, you know, uh, a university to go to. And, uh, you know, I would come to you, Renee, and we talk about, you know, this Office of Veteran Programs and Penn State itself. Uh, what's your, what's your cell? How do you, how do you get me to be, to come to, to Penn State? I mean, it's a great campus. Obviously I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh, so I love, love Penn State, um, myself, but I'm trying to decide between a couple different universities. You know, what is it about Penn State that should draw me there? Ah, uh, man, that's on me. I don't know who else wants to take that one. <laughs> I mean, there's so much, I don't know. I feel uh, so many of these questions. I, you know, I like to get Gioma's take just because she's a student. I don't want to put you on the spot, Gioma, but, um, it's okay. you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously biased. Uh, we have a beautiful center. We have folks who are extremely passionate about this population who live mm -hmm. and breathe this population every day. Um, we have Chioma, we have Elisa. Um, I don't know. Help me out, guys. I, Lisa or Chioma, go ahead. Uh, um, go ahead students call, I talk to students on the phone about this all the time. <laughs> and so I really try to narrow in on what it is there they're looking for and then mm. tell them what we have that benefits them. Because it's kind of a like, you know, I'm going to go to the place that's going to provide me 
with the best care or whatever it is hmm. and so for my students that are like it, I'm, it's going to be a real hard struggle I feel like I need to be surrounded by that veteran community so that I can make it my I can baby step my way in and then I tell them about hey we've got veteran stuff all of the time we have clubs we have um, a fraternity a, a co-ed fraternity if you want to they're they're building like a house so they can have like a fraternity house so you can go and like live with veterans wait they're, they're physically people. building a house well, they bought a house. Okay. <laughs> and renovating. They yeah. are physically so renovating it. Yeah, that's still, that's impressive. Um, but um, so there are people there that will talk military all day long. If that's what you want to do, they'll take you and go do military-esque things. You want to go to a shooting range. You want to go hunting. You want to, all of those kinds of things. There are people here that want to do it. And then I have people on the flip side that are like, hey, I am a person now <laughs> on my own, a civilian. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, we do that too. We're we're mm -hmm. we're very capable of talking to you like the person that you are beyond making the military your personality. We have people here that can go to classes with you. I ended up being in class with um, with people that were sponsors, and so I was like, hey, that's a familiar face I can sit next to, so I don't feel like I'm alone here. And I can come back to the event center and be like, hey guys, I just had a really tough class. Let's talk about it. And there are people there that are like, hey, I took that class this is what you're going to need to do. Here are some notes that could help you with. It's just a big kind of like family where yeah. you can sort of navigate where you want to be. Like you mm -hmm. can, I don't know. I kind of rambled there, but. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I want to come now. <laughs> Alisa, do you have anything to add sort of for that? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I love Chioma's outlook on that, just mm -hmm. kind of pinpointing it to the person and what they're looking for. But um, you know, we've worked a lot over the last five, 10 years on our programming and um, that programming that's specific to our, our student veteran. And so we talked about the sponsor program quite a bit, and that's a great um, way for those students that need that connection, need that built-in connection to know that I have, if I go to Penn State, then I'm going to have a built-in friend for the first year, if not more. And then that just gives them that, that security of, um, you know, this is someone that you know you can rely on. Um, and then obviously, and hopefully that will grow for them um, throughout their first year here. Um, we also have a first year seminar for our veteran students. Um, and so for many of our majors, a, a seminar is required, first year seminar. Mm -hmm. um, and so we have one specific that only student veterans can register for. Um, and we work with them specifically on uh, the transition and identity and we work with them on building their resume and, and how do we translate their military skill into civilian skills um, and, and all sorts of things, financial um, help and, and, thing, and things like that. So um, that's also a great um, resource, I think, for any of our students that are wanting to keep that connection when they come on board. And then, you know, just, just making sure that they're connected to whatever resource that they need. Right. Um, that's what our office is here to do. Um, so if it's, you know, military specific, veteran specific, or if it's um, like Chioma said, person specific, you know, like there's so many resources at the university that aren't, aren't necessarily our, ours here at um, our office, but we can connect them with any of them. Resources is, a, is such a key word there, just having resources available to them uh, and at no additional charge, right? This is just, they're there for them to use as much as they would like. Right, absolutely. That first year seminar is amazing. And I, um, I'm super excited because I'm doing an instant, I'm working with 
a number, another member of our team, John uh, Randolph, who, and we're doing a mixed method study on that class so that we can take all this input from the students who have taken that class and find ways to make it better. So having like that, like institutional review board approved study that's going to be written up and then we can then present that to other schools so that this goes beyond Penn State so we can try to show other universities what our first year veteran students need and I think it's a really exciting program. That's fantastic and it's sort of like something that I would totally expect from a group of veterans to be able to like look at something and say how we can make this better. <laughs> Let's work on that. Um, uh, Elisa you mentioned um, helping to translate military skills to civilian skills. Can you, can you sort of speak more about that? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about the language that you have, we have in the military, and it's just very different than uh, the language outside of the military. And so, you know, I'm in a career field that um, builds up cargo pallets and puts passengers on aircraft and what does that actually mean to the civilian employer who's looking at hiring somebody, maybe not specifically for those, uh, those skill sets. Um, mm -hmm. You're a leader, you're able to organize people, you're able to- um, Time manage. Yeah, time manage time, yeah, all these things. So how do we translate those military skills into what the civilian workforce is looking for? Chioma, I wrote down because you mentioned that what your MOS was in the Marine Corps was very seemed very tech heavy to me. It kind of went right over my head. But how did you translate that into you know civilian world? Right. So my um, I'm dual majoring in biology and psychology. So it's the other entire. Other world. <laughs> I think the big one of the big things that we do here is help people find their passion because a lot of times what you did in the in the Marine, in the military not everyone was a marine and the military is not like what you want to do in real life mm. um, a lot of people are operators so any kind of riflemen those kinds of um, individuals that their job doesn't directly correspond to something unless law enforcement's the goal really and a lot of times it's not I see a lot of their students go into like nuclear engineering accounting and you're like okay how did you find out that that's what you wanted to do mm -hmm. and I think being able to come to Penn State and kind of take those introductory courses and kind of get a sense of what it is you want to do that's that's different from what it was in the military I personally always knew that I wanted to do medicine. Mm -hmm. And um, I just knew that I wanted to do the military first while I still had like full usage of my joints and all those kinds of things. <laughs> and so I was like, let me do that first. And plus the, the educational path to medicine is ridiculously expensive. So um, doing that and then coming here was actually, I, my degree in psychology is how I made it to Penn State because I started online. And at the time that I um, enrolled, Penn State was the highest ranking for psychology majors. So, and then I added the biology major when I got here to be better prepared. But I think we see a lot of students that are doing things that are not related to what they did in the military at all. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> Renee, there's the, Chioma mentioned the, the online aspect. Uh, if somebody is still still serving, are they able to take classes at PSU? And, and how does that transition then if they want to come in person? Like, what's the process there? Yeah, yeah. So Penn State, uh, we're really fortunate that Penn State has its own global campus. World Campus is, is the title. Uh, and so we have a lot of active duty service members 
to get their start there because World Campus is, is tremendous and, and they allow so many opportunities and you know all of their online uh, classes are typically um, asynchronous so students can kind of connect when they're able. Uh, so that's a great opportunity for them to get started and then as folks kind of um, decide to, to move out of their military careers and perhaps into school full time, then uh, you know they're they're looking at the the uh, residential campuses. So whether that's University Park or one of the other twenty plus campuses in Pennsylvania, um, so yeah, it's it's a good opportunity for them to kind of segue in. Uh, we are actually looking at a, a creation of a program, a one plus three program. That's you know. Uh, a, uh, an opportunity for folks to kind of do this more formally. So we're looking at different programming opportunities for folks and kind of like a way for them to get into World Campus and, and plot that that navigation out ahead of time. So it's not so uh, difficult when they're, when they're in it. And so um, we're looking at those opportunities. Um, typically the handoff from World Campus and, and Elisa actually used to work for them as an advisor. So the handoff from them is great. We have a really good relationship with the other campuses. We're um, you know, kind of saying, okay, we got it, you know, we'll take it from here. Um, it, it's, it's a great system. I think Penn State really allows opportunity for, for students to feel pretty comfortable no matter where they land. That's great. Um, where can someone get some uh, info about PSU and all of the programs that are offered? Yeah, I mean, a, a great start is for them if they email us. Um, our office email is OVP, Oscar Victor Papa at PSU.edu. Um, they, you know, our website, a um, little more difficult, equity.psu.edu slash veterans. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a Facebook page. We have um, Instagram. And I'm trying to think of our handle because I'm old and I don't remember all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to be all over the place or, you know, they can just email Shiyama. She's got it. She's running it. Um, <laughs> yeah. However, however, we're, we're pretty available. Um, you know, anytime. So folks can, can connect pretty easily. That's fantastic. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's fantastic. This is such a great, uh, you know, um, episode for, for PSU in a nutshell. And I hope that our audience who might be considering, uh, you know, a, a, um, a class or taking or getting a degree at PSU will look into uh, the programs that are offered. One thing before I leave, because I think that this is a much bigger conversation that we may do a separate scuttlebutt about is the GI bill. Seems like it's really difficult um, you know, anything I've ever heard about it, it seems like it's kind of complex is, you know, what do you have to do? What is like the baseline? Like, you know, I'm coming out, I'm trying to get my GI Bill benefits. Where do you go? Uh, www.howtoapply.va.gov. Because <laughs> that is how you get your certificate of eligibility, which is mm -hmm. the absolute first step to being able to receive benefits from any university. So, um, if you have that certificate of eligibility, then you can apply or, or use that at your at your school for your benefits. So. Doesn't surprise me that you have that memorized because it's probably the first thing that you tell everybody like, hey, you think about coming here, did you already do this? That's step one. <laughs> exactly. And, and one of the things we pride ourselves on too is, um, you know, the certifying officials, myself, Elisa, Danielle Landers-Nolan, who's not joining us today, but uh, all of us are... Um, pretty adept at, at, you know, the navigation of the bill. And even if you're not going to attend at Penn State and have questions, I mean, we welcome anyone. I mean, it is, mm -hmm. it's difficult to navigate VA red tape. Uh, we are more than happy to walk folks through uh, those processes and, and sit down with them, whether or not they end up coming here or not. It's, it's, you know, the least we can do. 
And one final question that I thought about it while we were chatting was, was Chioma, you mentioned that whenever you got there, you really didn't have a place to stay. So someone coming to PSU the first time, if they don't have a place to stay, did they, they bunk up with like a, a fellow veteran or, you know, where do they find housing? They can send an email to veterans <laughs> at PSU.edu and I will find a solution. If they want to bunk up with someone and we have people that want to do that, then sure. I can also talk to them about affordable housing. Uh, State College of, um, provides um, like affordable housing to veterans. So you can go to some of the student housing locations and get um, units for whatever it is that you can pay. So there are um, different uh, programs within housing alone. You can live on campus, which I wouldn't recommend, but it's a, it can happen. <laughs> or you can live people. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like there, there, um, there are opportunities. So whatever it is that you're looking for specifically, I could find you an answer for it. Fantastic. Um, I would say go pit, but that probably wouldn't land too well here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're gonna edit that, that out, right? No. Yeah, yeah, I'll edit that out. <laughs> Always excited for that rivalry. It's just something that here in Pittsburgh, we're just like, yeah, of course, we, we want to have a good football game. So, you know, it, we're happy that that's back. Um, for our audience, please like, share, subscribe, ring the bell on YouTube. And if you have questions uh, or comments, um, please uh, email me. I'd be happy to forward you on to Chioma, Renee, or Elisa. Um, we will also list the information for PSU uh, here in the description. So go ahead and take a look there. Um, otherwise, I want to thank you ladies for coming on the program. It's been really wonderful conversation and lots of great information. Um, thank you for taking the time with me today. Thanks, for having Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for watching this episode of The Scuttlebutt. I'd like to take a moment to thank both of our sponsors, the first being DND Metal Recycling and Auto Salvage. They began as a small hauling and used auto parts operation in the Pittsburgh area in the late 1970s, but they've grown into a full service metal recycling company with two locations, Lawrenceville and Tarentum. DND accepts all types of metal, both ferrous and non-ferrous, that may be generated by industrial manufacturing, construction and demolition, small commercial entities, as well as individual customers. They have a wide variety of material handling equipment and are capable of managing any type of job in a timely and efficient manner. You can contact them for quotes and availability at D&D. That's dandautosalvage.com. Uh, thank you so much to D&D. Uh, they've been a sponsor for quite some time, and we really appreciate their support. Uh, the second being Tobacco-Free Adagio Health. They are dedicated to reducing and preventing tobacco use and to getting the word out about the hazards of smoking and secondhand smoke. They're all about health. So they want people to quit and they have classes and nicotine replacement therapy and a popular quit line, which is the easiest number to remember ever, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They also educate people, children especially, about tobacco use from cigarettes, cigars, pipes, chew snuff, and other nicotine products like vaping. Finally, Tobacco-Free Adagio Health advocates for public and private policies that ensure healthy places to live, work, and play. You can learn all of what Tobacco-Free Adagio Health offers at tobaccofree.adagiohealth.org, or you can watch our recent episode with Tobacco-Free Adagio Health on the Scuttlebutt, uh, where they talk about a lot of the programs that they offer for those who are looking to quit. Thank you to both of our sponsors for their continued support of the Scuttlebutt podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks.